All right. Amen. And all I do, I what? Honor him. Amen. Honor you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so in honoring the Lord, we're going to have a scripture reading by Sally Salgado. She's going to come and just tell us what the scripture is for the day. Let's welcome her as she comes. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. The scripture for today, there's two scriptures. The first one is Exodus 33, 13 to 14. The second one will be Exodus 33, 17 to 18. The first one, Moses said to the Lord, now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that the nations is your people. <laughs> Sorry. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Exodus 33:17 to 18. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do the thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. I know you by name. And then Moses says, I beseech thee, show me your glory. Thank you, guys. Amen. So Moses says this one thing that no one else in the Bible has ever said. Show me your glory. Wow. What a request. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together. I ask you to guard, guard my mouth and my heart to speak only your things. I give you praise and glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you have the boldness to say that to the Lord? Show me your glory. Yes. Amen. I got a yes over here. <laughs> I've been doing that all day long, all week long. I mean, Lord, show me your glory. Let your glory shine. Let it be a part of me. I want to see your essence, your presence, your goodness, all your attributes. Let it come upon me. Because when God shows up, guess what? Things get taken care of. Amen? If you need healing in your body, he's there. If you need provision for your finances, it's there. If you need peace in your relationships, it is there because where God is, everything is taken care of. Isn't that good news? Yeah. So we've been looking at this passage in the Old Testament, and, but now guess what? We have better promises in the New Testament. So we can ask the same thing that Moses asked. In fact, Jesus said, you don't even have to ask. He said, Father, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. He's already given it to us. I'm talking kind of fast because I'm excited. Amen. <laughs> now, Moses was saying, hey, I've been with you for 40 days, 40 nights, speaking to a man, uh, speaking uh, face to face like a man speaks to his friend. And then he says, I want to see you. It's kind of like online dating. You ever been online dating? <laughs> All right. Somebody caught somebody on online dating. Amen. But, you know, you type in some words and you, you know, you tell about yourself and then you text and everything. And then finally, the moment comes when you said, I want to see you. I want to see what you look like. And that's what Moses said. If I'm your friend, if we speak face to face, you've talked to me, you've given me a lot of instructions. I want to see you. I want to see everything about you. Praise God. And, and so we know that a father wants to See and be with his children. Is that not right? When you had a child, oh, let me see him. I got a picture of this uh, uh, father that's in the waiting room or in the incubator uh, room, and, and he wants to be with his child. 
He doesn't want to be separated. He wants to be with him. Don't you want to be with them, your children? Doesn't God want to be with his children? We don't have to force him or put his hand behind his back. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Gladly. But there's some things that you have to do to get to be where he's able to see your glory. We're going to get to that in a minute. But Solomon, in 2 Chronicles 7, 1 through 2, said and experienced God's glory when Solomon had finished praying, when they did the temple, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering that he was giving and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Oh, come on, talk to me. That while they were sacrificing to the Lord, while they were doing what they were supposed to do, God said, let me come down here and just show myself to you. And in uh, slide 61, verse 3, it says, And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. In other words, they walked in, they go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, the, the glory of the Lord is in this place. Amen. We need to know that the glory of the Lord is in this place, and we take him home with us. He take, we take him wherever we go because the glory of the Lord rests upon us. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I'm trying to get you excited to say, I need to know more of God. I need to experience him, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But do you remember now in the New Testament, remember when the soldiers came to get Jesus? And they said, uh, where is this Jesus of Nazareth? And what did Jesus say? I am he. Now, I thought that was just like a poetic little voice that he would say, I am he. But, you know, when you know, people call you and they say, is so-and-so there? He says, I'm he. You're speaking to them. But it wasn't really that way uh, exactly. I am he was an was a, was a announcement that God was there. And what happened? All the soldiers fell down. Now, now he didn't push them down. What, what happened? The glory of the Lord came, and they fell down. Do we have a picture of that? Wow. Now, he, I've been pushed. Have you been pushed down before? I was telling Maya that at my other job, my job, that I retired from, glory, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I've, I've made it to the other side. But I, I had a way of getting into trouble. I don't know if you have that problem but I had a friend named Joe Barajas, praise his name. And anyway, Joe, my friend, my other friend Frank said, don't mess with Joe. Joe is so strong, he's an ox. Don't mess with him. And to me, that's like, huh, how strong could he be? <laughs> now, we were good friends. We used to have lunch together for about 10 years every day. We didn't plan it. We just happened to go to lunch. We just loved each other. So anyway, Joe is, when I would shake Joe's hand, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't even take it. It was too strong. I go, man, Joe, stop it. I never shook his hands with him. So he was at his desk one time, and I went, I went over there, and I said, Joe, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm doing this, this, this. So I started messing with him, just for fun, and push him around. Do, do, do that, Joe. Do that, Joe. And finally, he goes, knock it off. And he just hit me, and I went flying into one of those cubicles, one of those dividers, and it knocked it, you know, clean, clear off the stand. And I said, oh, Joe, what are we going to do? He said, take it up, we'll move it over to someplace else, and nobody will know. It'll be like it was designed that way to have that space in there. <laughs> I don't know, you, you say, Pastor Chuck, how do you get in so much trouble? I don't know. It's, it's just, I just, 
it happens. I've just lived life and things go wrong. You ever been there? Amen. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so these soldiers were not pushed to the ground, but the Spirit of the Lord, the glory of the Lord pushed them down. Because he said, I am he. Now, I'm looking at this in Isaiah 48, verse 12. And this is a word that God uses to proclaim that he is there. It says, listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel, my called, I am he. Ooh, I am he. You, you can declare that when you're in trouble. The Lord is here. Amen? The Lord is my shelter. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my, he's my everything. I am the first and I am the last. So... We are supposed to experience the glory of God, and, and even we're supposed to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So we're going to talk about the different levels or different ways of getting into the glory of God. And we see that it is God's desire that we have glory. It's already been given to us. So last time I ministered, there was four ways to enter into his glory. Let's look at those right there. One is be a friend of God. How do you be a friend? Well, you talk to him wherever you go, whatever you do. You, show, you share intimate feelings and, and things about what's on your heart. Be a friend. Be a friend. And a friend does what obeys, does the, what the person wants. You ever call a friend and you ask them to help you, and then they say, no, I don't think so. No, that's not a friend. <laughs> a friend does what you ask him to do. And <laughs> number two, know his ways. Amen? Know the way he does things. And when you do the, ways, you know, do the way he does things, then you'll see his glory come. Seek his presence and ask for his glory. So we're going to talk about asking. And I gave a definition where he says, beseech thee, uh, I, I pray thee. And the definition of that was kind of interesting because it wasn't just like, I, I hope that you come. I wish I could see your glory. No, it was a little stronger than that. It's... Uh, and if I could find it, I'd be very happy. <laughs> I might have erased it, but I can tell you what it means. It means to a craving desire to seek someone because of the relationship that you have. I beseech thee. I know you. I want you to come and show yourself to me. Praise God. And so that's what, so that's, he asked for his glory. And I believe that we're going to experience the glory of God in this place and wherever you go. And God wants to show his presence with us. And he wants us to see his love and his tenderness and his kindness. Are you experiencing that? God wants us to be like him, know his ways, and experience him and show others what he's like. So the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, but we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her children. Gentle, gentle. God is gentle. Are you gentle? When you want things done, do you say, excuse me, but could you help me with this? I notice that you're, you know, chopping up my trees. <laughs> I notice you're infringing upon my property. Can I help you or encourage you in that? So we have to be gentle. And it further goes on in uh, verses 11 through 12. 12 as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his children, that we should walk worthy of the God who calls us into his own kingdom and glory. Walk worthy. Know his ways. Be kind and gentle. I was listening to a tape the other day uh, that uh, Letty had sent me about how God is not like all just 
demanding and powerful. He's gentle. And sometimes he does things you don't even notice that he's doing it. And all of a sudden you look back and go, what? Were you, did you do that, Lord? Did you take care of that? Before? I didn't even know that you had done that. You know, you go to bed and you're all worried. Oh, I don't know how it's going to work out. And then you wake up and the person that you needed to do something says, oh, yeah, I already took care of that. You go, really? Like I remember one time in my days of working, <laughs> I did something and I couldn't sleep at night. I'm going like, oh, Lord, please. Just can you vindicate me? Can you make things work out for my good? And I finally went to sleep and I woke up and my manager said, oh, we took care of that already. While I was sleeping, the Lord worked it out. Praise, Subtle, gentle, kind. So let's look at the six ways we can see his glory. Are you ready? We'll take care of three today and three next week. But here they are. Here's how you see his glory. Number one, experiencing God. Two, knowing God. Three, walking with God. Four, unity with God. Five, see the face of God. And six, be in the fear of God. Praise God. So we're going to go through just the first three today. So the number one is experience God. You can talk about him. You can read about him. You can hear others talk about him. But you got to experience him for yourself. When he comes in and touches your heart and tells you that you belong to him and and he belongs to you, all of a sudden you have a new revelation of life. All of a sudden things open up and you go like, oh, I know why I'm here. I know why I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. And God has given you talents and gifts, and he has a purpose and a plan for your life, and he wants you to fulfill it. He, he's not sitting back and saying, well, I hope you make it. No, he's going like, I called you for a certain purpose. I told you the story about when I first got saved. This lady would come to my work, and she would say, uh, you know, the Lord loves you, and he has a plan for you. And I said, if you only knew what plans I had this weekend, you would know that that is not anywhere near what God has planned for me. But she was so sweet and so, so nice and so kind. I said, I want to be like that. I want to have that same spirit. And so about a month later, uh, when I was not doing well in life, I said, I want, Lord, okay, if you can, have, you can have my life now. You can take it. Because what I did was I uh, hooked up with this guy, or actually he hooked up with me. He found out I had some money because I sold a house. And he said, let's do a roller skating campaign. And we'll, I'll skate from the northern tip of California to the southern tip of California in 14 days, and we'll get a lot of advertisements, and we'll be on the air, TV, radio, and people will think we're great. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you can see it, huh? So I said, okay, let's do it. And so we were on, and we were famous. Oh, we were on TV, we were on radio. We met a lot of Hollywood stars. We met uh, the Fonz, and we met Alice Cooper, and, uh, you know, Deacon Jones. You know Deacon Jones from the Rams? He actually came to my house one time, Deacon Jones did. And, and, and we were fooling around, and he was, he, he was showing me some stuff, and he hit the wall of our, my apartment. So my landlord upstairs, who was a friend of mine, came down, and he was, like, mad. He's like, you guys need, and he looked and he saw Deacon Jones. He went, well, you know, you guys just, you know, whatever. Just, you know, try to keep it down. <laughs> and so we were doing fabulously well. And, uh, you know, people would be at work and they'd 
they would see at night. They go, hey, yeah, I saw you. On the, I was driving home, and I heard you on the radio. I saw you on TV. They came to our house. They did an interview. We were all that and a bag of chips. But, you know, that's the way the devil does you. He gets you all lifted up, and then he drops you. And so what happened was through miscommunication and through some you know, misunderstanding, our final days when we were going to come to L.A., we didn't get the coverage, the TV coverage that we wanted to make us famous, and so everything just fell down. And I was about ready, you know, what do you do now? You know, I didn't have a job, I didn't have any money, didn't have a car, didn't have a place to live. What do I do? Yeah, I had to go back and live with my parents. <laughs> And I had to revert back to the old, Charles, <laughs> you made a mess in the mirror today. Uh, you know, well, where are you at? Come home. And I was like, oh, my God, this can't last forever. But anyway, so I can remember being in the motorhome that was given to us. And I said, Lord, if you can make anything out of my life now, you can have it. Because, you know, I, dead end. And then the Lord came and he just touched my heart. He came into my soul. I said, oh, my gosh, Lord. I am so sorry. How can I serve you? And that's why I like that song so much. He touched me, and suddenly I knew he touched me. And he touched me, and that's 40 years ago, and I've never looked back, never wanted to change, never even deviated from serving who? him because I love him. He, he called, he, he came, and he got me when I was in the miry clay, when I didn't have any place to go. God said, I didn't give up on you. I have, now I got you where I want you. And that's what you have to do sometimes, is just let your defenses down and find the Lord. The, David said this to Solomon. As for you, Solomon, in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, as for you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him wholeheartedly with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands the intention of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found of you. If you... You can't find the Lord in your own way, in your own self. God has to reveal himself, and you have to experience him. Oh, what a joy it is to experience the Lord. I know even with our son, you know, we asked him, uh, Charles, have you ever um, met the Lord? He goes, well, no, I've heard you talk about him, Dad, and I go to church, and they talk about him, but I've never really met him. <laughs> and so... One day we were at, so we prayed, Lord, reveal yourself to our son. And one day we were at church, and the Lord just came upon him. And I could see a change. Oh, my gosh, he's, he's different. And he kept saying, Mom, I'm so sorry for everything that I've ever done. I'm sorry for disobeying and everything. And I just went, wow, this is definitely the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Because we used to have to spank our son. You ever have to spank your kids? Several times. Multiple times like maybe once every two weeks. <laughs> but then they would straighten up for a while, and then they'd go back to doing, you know, their natural self. But anyway, he's, a good, he's good now. I'm glad, you know, the Bible says, what, spare the rod and spoil the child. We didn't spare it. We, we used it, praise God. <laughs> but your life has to change. And let's look at this in Colossians 3.12. It says, this is the character of a new man. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Pastor Chuck, why you keep talking about this? Well, hopefully you'll get it. <laughs> you heard about the, the minister that went into a new church, and he talked about love every Sunday for 
four weeks, and they said, do you have another topic that you can cover with us? He said, well, I'm waiting for you to get this one. Amen? So we, we keep talking about it so that you can be, uh, experience the Lord. Then in um, the next scripture we're going to talk about, after you've experienced the Lord, you've got to know His ways. Praise God. In Ephesians 1, 17 through 18, it says, and this is Paul's prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He said there's a glory that we have in knowing him, knowing his ways, following him, doing the things that he does. And, and, and when you do that, he follows you. He backs you up. Praise God. So there's many faces of God, many ways of reaching him. There is this, like I said, experiencing him. And you can, you can keep experiencing him day after day. You can lift up your hands and say, Lord, I just want to know you. I want to experience you. I want your glory to come upon me. And as you do that, he likes that. He's waiting for you to have an invitation for him to come in and be with you. Praise God. And so thirdly is walking with God. You want to walk with God? Now, I was looking up that scripture, walk, walk, walk in the spirit, and it's a military term. It means that you walk in step with someone. And you've seen the army when they march and they go down the road. They, they, they're in tune. Every foot is in place, right? God wants you to have your feet in place with him. That as he walks through life, we're supposed to walk with him, walking with God. And let's look at the scripture. It says here, for this reason, Colossians 1, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. You know, you have to walk worthy of the Lord. How can two walk together unless they agree? Can you, see, you ever see two people walking down the street and they're arguing? <laughs> well, I don't know what you're doing, but I, I, you know, it seems like you should. But that's not good. Are you walking down the street and arguing with God? <laughs> Are you, I don't want to say I'm sorry to that person. They, they really deserve you know, this and that. Don't. That you might walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. Everything you do produces fruit, causes things to happen for the good. Amen? Amen. My wife and I, we drove two hours on Thursday to take care of her aunt that was going into assisted living. Hi, Aunt Bernie. And uh, she's watching us, so I say hello. <laughs> now, that's a long drive. Amen? to fix up her apartment and then have lunch and then come on back two hours. But we're doing it to be a blessing. We're being fruitful in every good work. I was telling my wife, my, my, my father worked for the airlines. So we used to fly everywhere. We had the free passes. We fly. We never drove over an hour anywhere. Maybe to the airport, that's it. Now I met Marianne and her family, and they love to drive everywhere. Yosemite, Grand Canyon, and what was that other place? Were the faces? Mount Rushmore. 
I'm saying, are you guys crazy or something? What would possess you to want to drive when you can fly? So I've been married a good 38 years now. Hallelujah. And finally this week, I finally got an appreciation for watching the scenery as we drive. Because I don't have any other choice. So... <laughs> and, and I guess I'm older. I'm not in a hurry to get anywhere. I just enjoy it, okay? <laughs> and so God wants us to uh, be uh, worshiping him, loving him, caring for him. So we went to Sedona. It was a six-hour drive, hallelujah. And then, because we got a trip, we want a trip to, um, we, we got a free timeshare for a week from one of our friends. So we drove there, and then we rented a car, well, we rented a car and drove there, and it's a six-seater. So you got Mary, I mean, you got Charles and Marianne's mom in the front seat navigating. Then you got our friends that are in the middle together, and then me and Marianne are in the back seat. <laughs> You remember that song? Seven little girls sitting in the back seat, hugging and a kissing with Fred. No, so. <laughs> so we, we were kind of trapped together there, right? So on the way back from our trip, I said, yeah, 59, 1959. Yeah. On the way back, I said to my wife, babe, what did you like most about the trip? Was it the zip lining that, we did, that you did, going over the animal park, looking at the animals, being up high in the air, zipping on that zip line? She said, no, no, that wasn't it. I go, was it the beautiful rock formations and being with our friends? Was that, was that what excited you? No, it wasn't that. Was it the wonderful food that we ate? Being in different restaurants, different surroundings. She said, no, no, no. I go, what was it? What, what was it then? She said, it was sitting in the back seat with you. With this guy. Now, some people will say, that's because you're so busy that Marianne was finally able to capture you and spend some time with you. That may be true. Some people will say it's probably because you're always on the phone, and finally, Marianne was able to get your attention. That may be true. But I'd say this. After being married for 38 years, <laughs> and all that we've been through, for her to say that, I say that's a miracle. <laughs> it's a testimony of God's love for us and for each other. Amen? So we want to sing to the Lord right now and let him know that we love him. We love him. We love him. We love him. Ron's going to come up and help us sing this song. Do you love the Lord? Do you want to spend time with him? Do you want to see his glory? So let's sing to the Lord. Yeah, thank you. We're in uh, Jerome, city of Jerome there. I was walking down the street, and my friend said, you look pretty, you look like an uh, American gigolo. 